0: Hi, Christopher Watson here coming to you from Empowered PAs with the Empowered PAs podcast. So this is another installment. This is our November installment. Typically, I like to try and get um, guests on here so we can do more of an interview style, kind of talk back and forth so you don't have to sit there and listen to me talk all night. Um, Hopefully, um, I find it a little more interesting when you can carry on conversation back and forth, but um, so you got me on this episode, uh, hopefully uh, you'll stick around and finish the episode, but uh, today it's, it's November and so a lot going on November. This week actually, while I'm recording this, is Nurse Practitioner Week. So I'd like to give a shout out to all the nurse practitioners out there, our colleagues uh, who uh, do a wonderful job uh, just as our physician partners and ourselves in uh, taking care of patients. In our community, in our workplace, and you know, just really uh, extending out uh, good quality patient care to uh, their communities. So here's to you, uh, the nurse practitioners and Nurse Practitioner Week. Uh, it's also No Shave November and bring awareness to um, uh, prostate cancer, of course, and then of course with No Shave November. Some of you may be growing out your beards and your mustache, but uh, if you're in the military, you cannot necessarily grow out uh, a beard for sure, uh, depending unless you're in special forces or uh, in an undisclosed uh, area of the government uh, in the military that you cannot speak its name. Uh, hence, uh, if I told you I'd have to kill you, right? So otherwise, Uh, in most uh, regulation, whether it's the Air Force, Navy, and uh, the Army, you have to be pretty much clean-shaven versus uh, certain regulations on a mustache. Uh, As you see, uh, I do not carry a mustache currently. Uh, I, if you didn't know this, uh, am also a uh, PA in the Army Reserves, and November the 11th, marks Veterans Day. So let's talk about Veterans Day a little bit so there's a little bit of difference. A lot of uh, whether it's our colleagues and uh, definitely a lot of people out there in the U.S. get Memorial Day confused with Veterans Day. Uh, Veterans Day, we honor all people that serve in the military, uh, especially uh, of foreign wars and uh, that have served in uh, conflict as well. Whereas Memorial Day, you take that time to observe those who have died. Given the ultimate sacrifice uh, for our country, so let's talk about uh, veterans today. Um, how that ties in stuff is our the profession that we love and that we work in every day. will based out of a need, a shortage of physicians, and what happened was back after world war ii you started noticing or at the time they started noticing a shortage of physician providers especially in general medicine primary care even in the rural areas and that still rings true today because of specialization into different uh, surgeries and other special specialties um, within uh, the practice of medicine well they also noticed that Navy corpsmen and other medics, uh, like uh, Army medics, had definitely a lot of training and skills, and kind of based on a model where you're trying to get a lot of physicians out, especially during wartime, during the Vietnam War, to um, handle sort of the need at the time. They took that plan, and initially it was a, a nurse, and if I'm not mistaken, mistaken it Thelma Inglis. Inglis, sorry. Thelma, Miss Thelma Inglis. And what she did was developed a direct physician assistant, but with nurses, but a program developed to be that gap, fill that gap where there was a lack of physicians. And... That was in the early night or in the 1950s and had presented it to the um, National League of Nursing to accredit this and approve it. and it was not accredited by or approved by the National League of Nursing. So it it didn't die there, but it ended currently in that state there. Well, in 1960s, it didn't die there because Dr. Eugene Stead worked with Thelma Inglis to continue to develop uh, this type of system, and they call it a physician assistant, uh, sometimes in the early it was referred to as a physician associate at times, but a physician assistant, and the first program was developed and handpicked by uh, Dr. Eugene Stead with four Navy corpsmen. And the first program was developed back in 1965, and that was the first program back in Duke University. And a lot of you realize that and that our, the PAs know that that's the first program was at Duke University. Maybe some of pre-PAs that may end up watching this don't realize that, but that's, that's our roots, Our roots are coming from the military, and it's coming from uh, the first programs developed in 1965 at Duke University. Um, So they got that off the ground running, and the first uh, four that were picked, uh, their names were Don Guffey, Vic uh, Germino, Vic Germino, that is, and Dick Scheel, as well as Ken Farrell. Now only three ended up graduating uh, at the end and they, they ended up with certificates at the time. Later that uh, program developed into a uh, actual degree. Um, but it took some time, but the first uh, few few graduates did graduate from, with certificates at that time. So Dr. Steed and Dr. Mao, while developing the program would periodically visit uh, Fort Bragg in North Carolina, which is a Army installation that's still there today. And they would go and see how the Army medics, well, more specifically the Special Forces Army medics, uh, were trained and how they integrated within their units. And what they took away from and very impressed with was how advanced the Army medics in uh, the Special Forces units uh, were trained. They were trained with skills uh, far beyond many, and they were able to integrate within that unit uh, and take care of that unit's need, especially out in uh, a combat zone or hostile environment, without the need of a physician right there by them side, by their side the entire time. So they took some of that model and brought it back and integrated in with their model of the PA program at Duke. Uh, So that was part of that integration as well. So PA started serving in the Army specifically uh, in the 1970s and they've played a vital role uh, in the military and the Army as well since then. So the US Air Force was actually the first branch to develop their own PA program uh, within the military. And that was started back in 1971 under the guidance of uh, Lieutenant General Alonzo Tower at the time. And so shortly after that, like any good program, the Navy and the Army uh, followed suit right afterwards. And you, many people that maybe listen to this uh, have gone on and graduated what they call the IPAP program, the Interprofessional uh, uh, Physician Assistant Program as well as um, going on and serve in our uh, U.S. military. In 1980 and 1981, the Army started developing specialty programs uh, for PAs within the Army. Those included emergency medicine, uh, orthopedic surgery, occupational health, cardiovascular perfusion, there was a couple more, oh, aviation medicine. Let's not forget that. That's, that's a huge thing within the military is the aviation medicine. And those areas of specialty continue today to the fact that you actually graduate, especially with the orthopedics, uh, emergency medicine, um, you actually graduate with a, a doctorate level degree uh, from those. Uh, I know one is uh, with Baylor University currently, uh, but that has developed over time and it continues to this day. So with all that training, the PAs in the military has been a vital role, not only in taking care of our military members and service members, uh, both filling the primary care role when uh, stateside and in, at the home front, uh, but also uh, serving in the emergency medicine setting, uh, s- even at home, but also overseas and in combat areas as well. And they've played a vital role, including filling the gap where there is not, um, there's, you know, lack of physicians. So in the military, and, and I can speak for the Army because I see it, you know, because I currently serve in the Army Reserves, there's still a lack of physician even in the Army. And you know, we, there can be a debate of why there's a lack of physicians in the army, but at the same time, there is that shortage of uh, physician uh, providers within primary care and in uh, on the civilian side as well, primary care and in family medicine type uh, uh, service, and even in the rural and, and urban underserved areas. And so that's where PAs and, and nurse practitioners can feel that role. And that's where they do so uh, currently as well. And so PAs fill that gap um, even in the military today. And so what you also get with uh, PAs in the military is not only are they serving uh, our country, they're serving our uh military men and women and their families uh both uh both at home and abroad but they're also are developing as leaders uh, you hold leadership roles uh, in the army especially i can speak of the army because that's what i mean but in all branches of the military navy and air force as well uh, they hold uh, leadership roles in that areas too you know it wasn't until the 1990s that uh, the Army actually decided to uh, make PAs a commissioned officer, so at the officer level. Uh, at the very early stages, it was an enlisted position, and then it turned into a uh, warrant officer Uh, Position and finally uh, into uh, officer, were lieutenant, uh, second lieutenants, captains, major, and you can move up the ranks uh, that uh, so forth. Uh, Air Force and Navy were the first adopters of uh, the commissioned officer as a PA. Uh, So that, but that continues today, which is which is a a way that you do keep uh, PAs in the military by having that uh, officer position, but also they they develop PAs as leaders and. PAs, I've also mentioned this uh, to my colleagues that uh, just naturally, you as a PA, you are a leader, whether you see yourself as a leader or not. Just the difference is, is that the Army does a good job of developing you as a leader. Um, or I say the Army, again, I'm in the Army, but the Air Force, uh, Navy as well. They did a good job of developing you as a leader. So at this Veterans Day, we. I reflect back on our roots. Well, it gave you a little bit of history, um, but there's a lot of us that have either served in the military and are now PAs um, or, or currently serving on the active duty side or as the reserves. I currently serve in the reserves. There's plenty of our PA uh, colleagues out there that are currently active duty, uh, both in the Air Force, uh, Navy, uh, and in the as itself. And then, of course, you have your prior uh, service members that are have either uh, been a PA in active duty and since have uh, retired or gotten out of the military and still practice as PAs or once served at a totally different job or, as the Army says, a different MOS. And now they uh, have gone through PA school, school through the civilian side and are now practicing as PAs after they've fulfilled their duties in their service. There's physicians that's done the same thing. There are nurse practitioners that do the same thing. So, uh, but speaking for Veterans Day from the empowered PAs, as this, the podcast that uh, we're currently doing, um, you know, going back to our roots, we were developed uh, from the military because of a shortage um, of providers, after the war, serving the rural and underserved areas. And so it's a way and continues to be a way uh, to serve for the lack of uh, physicians or the shortage of physicians. Not because there's a lack of want to in physicians. There's just, there's more patients than there are physicians. And it's a way to make sure that you're getting um, access to health care to everyone uh, out there that needs that access. It was back in the 1950s 60s and 70s and continues today so pas will continue to play a vital role not only uh, on the civilian medicine but also in military medicine so here again we want to say thank you for your service i know that's uh, kind of tongue-in-cheek sometimes with some of our uh, military friends out there but uh, we do want to pay honors and respect to those that have served in the past and that are currently serving um, in our military. And so let's talk about that. So where are some opportunities uh, for you if you're a young PA or if you're a pre-PA student uh, that's looking to go to PA school, or maybe that you're currently in uh, PA school, you should look into that as an option when you get done with, um, when you get done with your PA school or prior to admitting, uh, getting admitted to PA school, is it an option to serve? uh in the air force in the army in the navy not to mention if you look into it they tend to pay for your school Uh, i know the army's had a program where they reimburse you uh, for going to school the navy and the air force have had programs in the past where they actually pay for you to go to pa school so i encourage you to look in that as an option too uh, if you have that desire uh, to serve your country and also be a pa Uh, you can contact recruiters you can reach out to me i'll be glad to talk to you about it Um, and reach out to any other PAs that have military background. Uh, So again, look forward to seeing you. Uh, Let us know what you think. And if there's any topics in the future you want us to discuss, please let us know.